Thank you for downloading the weekly sermon from Trinity Reformed Church in Bloomington, Indiana. To find more great content, please check out our website at trinityreformed.org. Enjoy the sermon. Merry Christmas. Would you please open your Bibles to Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. I'll be reading from the King's James Version, King James Version tonight. This is a familiar passage to many of us, and it's very easy for our ears to get tired of hearing passages like this and to treat it like some kind of poetry. Um, So before we go any further, I want to remind us that this is the word of God and that it is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness so that we may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. This is the word of the Lord. Tonight, I want to focus our attention on verses 8 through 20, which is the account of the angel's visitation to the shepherds. Verse 8 reads, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Now, it's difficult for us here today to understand what shepherds are because shepherds aren't really a thing in our time and in our country. I mean, how many of you guys 
actually know a shepherd. Not many of us. Um, I'm, I'm a really visual person, and so I went on Google Images, and I typed in shepherd just to see if I could see one. And the only thing that I could get was pictures of dogs. There was, there was German shepherds, Australian shepherds, all kinds of shepherds, but no human shepherds. Um, so I asked Chen, I said, this, my wife who was born in China, I said, what do Chinese people think of shepherds? And she said, well, it depends on what word you use. I didn't know there were more than one word for shepherds. So apparently there's the standard word, which you'll find in the dictionary. This word, though, has already been completely uh, romanticized. And so when people hear that word, shepherds, what they have in their mind is this kind of uh, peaceful European countryside, um, you know, kind of like those paintings that you would find. And then there's another word for shepherd. And it roughly translates to something like kiddo who stays out with the sheep. <laughs> That's the kind of shepherd that I wanted to know about. Um, and she told me those are the kids that are too poor to go to school or whose parents pull them out of school because they don't think that education is important. So they get put in charge of the sheep. And so I asked her, I was like, well, do people have a, a negative view of this type of shepherd kid? And she said, well, no, actually people don't even have a negative view of them because people don't think of them at all. They're not even really a part of society. Now, does this remind you of someone else in the Bible? in the Old Testament. Do you remember when Jesse went to go anoint David? Or sorry, Samuel went to Jesse to anoint David. He went to Jesse and Jesse had his sons lined up. And, and Samuel sees the first one and God says, no, not him. And he rejects every single one all the way down to number six. And Samuel says, do you have any other sons? And Jesse's kind of embarrassed. He's like, I guess. I mean, I, I have one more, but he's out in the field taking care of the sheep. And Samuel says, bring him here. And he anoints him. That, that's King David. That's who these shepherds were in our passage today. They are the people that nobody even has a negative opinion on because nobody thinks about them at all. They're completely ignored and forgotten. It's hard to think of an equivalent today in the United States, but the best example that I can think of would be maybe like your lady that works in the gas station or the Mexicans who work in the Chinese restaurant, or the elementary school janitors. Nobody pays attention to these kinds of people. Nobody, except for God. God noticed these shepherds. 
And not only did these shepherds receive the honor of being the first to hear about the news of Jesus' birth, but they made it to scripture. The Holy Spirit thought that it was important for us to know that these shepherds were the ones who heard about Jesus first. And so the question then is why? Why these shepherds? Why does God choose them? Well, because in God's system, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And because God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He says, The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. It is exactly because we would have overlooked the shepherds that God chose them. There's nothing impressive or glorious about them, and that's the reason God chose them. Because the glory of man obscures, it gets in the way of the glory of God. And so God chooses them to show us that his ways are not our ways and that his thoughts are not our thoughts, and that our opinions, customs, standards, judgments, they don't apply to him. Next, let's look at the angel's announcement to the shepherds. Verse nine, and lo, the angel of the Lord came about them, upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Why were they afraid? We usually don't think of angels and light as being scary. Darkness and evil things, evil spirits are scary, but not angels. Well, angels are scary, but in a completely different way. The visit of the angels was disturbing to the shepherds and it was disturbing on several different levels. First of all, The shock of having anything or anyone appear out of nowhere is scary enough. Even if one of my friends appeared out of nowhere when I wasn't expecting it, I would be scared. And then add to the fact that this was a completely unfamiliar, spiritual, supernatural being that appeared. And then there's the light. This is before... LEDs and stadium lights. It's dark and all of a sudden they're surrounded on all four sides with light. It's like they're, they're caught in a spotlight. But it's not any light. It's not like any natural light that they had ever seen before. This was an otherly and holy and pure light and it was brighter than the sun and it lit up everything around them, and it shone through them. It was the light of the glory of the Lord. When you are in the presence of divine light, all the guilt, all the guilt that you didn't even know was on your conscience. 
suddenly becomes the biggest reality there is in your life. You think that this is the end, and surely God has come to judge me. You think that he's coming to send you to hell forever, and there's nothing in the world that can prepare you for that kind of shock. The closest thing that I can think of to that is not even close, but it's kind of like if you're driving and all of a sudden you see the, the spotlight and the flashing blue and white and red lights of the policeman behind you. What happens? Your heart just sinks, right? And you're, you're in dread and dismay and it's, and the only thing that you can think about at that moment is, how fast was I going? Did I forget to turn on my turn signal? Did I roll through the stop sign? Is my registration even current right now? It was kind of like that with the shepherds and the angels, except it wasn't the driving they were concerned about. It was every action, every word they had spoken, every thought that they had thought in their whole lives was on their minds. And it wasn't the risk of getting a parking ticket that they were thinking about. It was the fate of their eternal soul. And so there they are, and they're terrified. What, what happens next? And the angel said unto them, fear not. Fear not. What a comfort this must have been when what you thought was here to judge you and to damn you to hell forever turns out to be benevolent and kind and tells you not to be afraid. Don't be afraid, I have good news for you. And not just for you, but for all people. For, and what was the news? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. Imagine how this news would have sounded to the shepherds. Remember who these shepherds are, where they're from, what ethnicity these shepherds were in the outskirts of Bethlehem. These were Jewish shepherds. And like all Jews, they would have been familiar with the Old Testament. They would have known the prophet Micah, who wrote about seven years earlier, but as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Bethlehem is the city of David, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. So the announcement was, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. So that's hint number one, right? They must have, been, they must have triggered something in their memory. They probably were thinking, hmm, I wonder if it's you know, the same one. And then, as if, you know, if there was any doubt, then he says, which is Christ the Lord? There it is. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. At this point, the angels would have known exactly who the, sh the 
the shepherds would have known exactly who the angel was talking about, Christ the Lord. Christ is just the Greek word for Messiah, anointed one, and Lord. Every, every Jew knew that one day a divine Messiah, king, would come. Isaiah 9, which we read earlier, says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. So that was the announcement that was given to the shepherds. Now this is earth-shattering news. All of history was building up for this one moment. This is the most important event in all of human history. And there they were. They were the first ones who got to hear about that news. Okay, everything is glorious, everything is great. But then the very next part of the announcement is in verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. How do you think the shepherds responded to that? I don't know, but I think that they must have been, it must have been a mix between surprise and relief at the same time. Surprise because how could, how could the Messiah, the wonderful counselor, prince of peace, everlasting father, how could he be, how could Christ the Lord be born in such a lowly place? But at the same time, it's a comfort for the same reason because they were shepherds and they would have been familiar and comfortable with mangers. He w- it was something that they could understand, something that they could relate to. To some people, a baby lying in a manger, Christ lying in a manger, is foolishness and a stumbling block. But to others, it is the wisdom and power of God. But now I want us to take a step back for a minute and to consider an even more basic point, which is easy to miss. It's the fact that the words born and Lord are used in the same sentence side by side. Did you catch that? Born and, and Lord are used in the same sentence. These are two things that should not go together. God the Son, the creator, was born and entered into our world as a baby. He had to go through all the things that babies go through when they're born. He had to have his umbilical cord cut. He had to be cleaned and wrapped up. He had to be nursed. I don't want to speculate too much, but you know the song that we just sang, Away in a Manger? There's one line there that says something like, Jesus wakes up and no crying he makes. 
I don't really believe that. <laughs> Jesus is 100% God, but he's also 100% man, and that means that he was, in many ways, just a normal baby. And that means he had to have his diaper changed. He had to, he had to be burped. He had to, he spit up. He had to be rocked to sleep. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> he cried to communicate his needs to his parents. He did all the things that normal babies do. Many of you know we just had our daughter Jane at the end of October. And there have been some difficult, infuriating times. Um, through this, I've witnessed the horror of my sin, the, the sin of my selfishness and anger. Up to this point, I, th- I really thought that I would be all right and that I was a pretty good person. I, you know, everybody knows we're sinners, right? But I, but I thought I was a good sinner, a decent <laughs> sinner. But now I've seen the depth of it in a way that I did not know was there before. All because of a six or seven pound little, little baby. And to think that Jesus became a baby like that. And to think that the baby Jesus' blood would one day wash away my sin against that I've committed against my own baby. That's good news. Because without Jesus, this monster would have no hope for salvation. I think all of you who are parents can relate to this. And if you can't, I think you're not telling the truth. (laughs) I don't believe you. (laughs) So the angel finishes his announcement. And what happens next? In verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. All the angels in heaven can't help themselves anymore but to give glory to God because they're amazed at God's wisdom and power in saving mankind. So what was the shepherd's response? Verse 15, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They act. They didn't ask any questions. They just looked at each other and said, let's go. And it says that they came with haste, which means that they were excited. And so they they run into the city and they find Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. Now, can you imagine what this was like from Mary and Joseph's perspective? Think about it for a second. They just had their firstborn child. And it's just a miraculous, wondrous, intimate time. And there they are, the three of them. And then all of a sudden they get visited by these complete strangers. 
that they've never seen before. I think it must have been a very strange thing for them. But I also think that it was a very sweet comfort to them. Because remember, the reason why they were in the stable and they had to put Jesus in the manger is because they got rejected at the inn. Here they were miles away from home, alone. You know, there was no doctor, no nurse, no doula, no heart rate monitor, nothing. They were no parents even, no friends. And they had a baby in, in that place because nobody wanted to have them. What a lonely time that must have been, and scary time that must have been for Mary and Joseph. And then all of a sudden to have these humble shepherds come in and pay their respects. What did the shepherds do next? After they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So they made it known abroad. They told every single person that they ran into what they had just seen and heard. And then they glorified and praised God. What does all of this have to do with us tonight? First, are we like the shepherds? None of us are as poor or as lowly as the shepherds, but are we poor in spirit? Are we humble and contrite? Or are we self-important and attention-seeking? God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble, so let's humble ourselves. The other thing that we can learn from this is, are we willing to open our mouths like the shepherds? The shepherds told everyone they knew. Are we willing to do that this Christmas with our friends and family? It doesn't have to be like a long, thorough um, gospel presentation. The shepherds didn't have that. All they had was what they saw and heard. They were just shepherds. They didn't have the answers to all of the questions that they might have gotten. They didn't have any room for self-consciousness, self-pity, self-loathing, guilt, fear. They simply opened their mouth and talked about the things that they had seen and heard. And that's all you have to do. That's all we have to do. All you have to say this year at Christmas is, thank God for Jesus. Four words. Doesn't take much more than that. And lastly, will you rejoice and glorify God like the angels and like the shepherds? When the angels announced it to the shepherds, they said, for unto you is born Right Unto you I bring good tidings of great joy. Well, is this good news to you? Is this good news of great joy to you? Amen. Is he your savior? If he is, then rejoice and glory in that fact. If he's not, then come to him. 
why harden your heart? A few more Christmases will pass, and then it will be our turn to see God. May God have mercy on us on that day and help us to get ready for it. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you for making peace with us through sending your son, Jesus. We pray that everyone here tonight would know him as Savior and Lord. Would you make us humble and cause us to receive him and proclaim him with joy like the shepherds. In Jesus' name, amen.